BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, guys. We are back here on the early line. Davis Maddock and Mark Zeno. We just wrapped up our one, a lot of Super Bowl 58 discussion. I imagine we will probably mention the big game here a few more times on the program, but we are going to transition into some hoops coverage here in the second hour of the program. We are going to take a look at a big weekend in college basketball. We had a big Saturday. UConn defeated Georgetown 89 to 64. Purdue beat Indiana. North Carolina beat Miami. Kansas got a ranked win against Baylor. Pretty close to those 64, 61. Number five, Houston beat Cincinnati and Texas A&M beat Tennessee, beat them down. Zeno, walk me through some of these results. What was most surprising to you and what went chalky? Uh, well, I mean, you just mentioned it. The, the um, you know, the, the A&M beat down of Tennessee was, to me, a little bit surprising. Um, I thought it was one of those spots where Tennessee would remind everybody, and again, full disclosure, I was on Tennessee, would remind everybody that, hey, we're just a better team than Texas A&M. And they are a better team than Texas A&M. But you give credit to to the Aggies um, for the way that they played. They, they have a good defense. That's But that's an awful, awful, awful offense. Like, Texas A&M's offense is pathetically bad. Uh, and, and, of course, it's a game where they're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country. Like, they average like, 28% from three. And they shot 50% from three pretty much through the first half. Tennessee just was terrible offensively uh, in the game. You know, Tennessee uh, – basically didn't score a single point from bridging the first half to the end of the second. They From 336 in the first half to the first 1533. So what are we talking there, Davis? Five, eight minutes straight, they didn't score a single point. Tennessee didn't from the first half to the second. So their offense let them down. They were really bad, but you give credit to the A&M uh, defense, which is very good uh, on the road. Uh, big win for, you mentioned, uh, Kansas over Baylor. Uh, in a tight game at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, that win was impressive. The Big 12 continues to be the best conference in college basketball uh, by a wide margin. And, you know, uh, the, the Kentucky-Gonzaga game, I don't know if anybody paid attention to this, even though it was a non-conference game. You know, Gonzaga comes out with a win at Rupp Arena. Um, and I don't I, – I, well, I think Kentucky is still very good. They're probably not as good as a lot of people think that they are. Um, and there's an argument to say they might not even be able to be ranked right now because when it comes to the SEC – Tennessee, Auburn, and Alabama, I think, are all better than Kentucky by a wide margin. But, you know, Gonzaga, for a team that hasn't been ranked a lot this year, that typically is one of those teams that we see in the top 25. Um, Yeah, you know, they are a team that a lot of people thought might have been broken, uh, but they're not. Uh, I think that's going to be a dangerous team come tournament time that's flying under the radar. Um, And the other game, too, Davis, you mentioned there that we see the graphic. Florida defeating Auburn was kind of surprising, I think. Uh, I thought Auburn was going to be a team that, you know, after they had their win over Alabama and the way that they played was going to turn the corner. Uh, Florida spanked them. And I know Florida was a short dog in that game, but Florida, I mean, they just owned them in that spot. Uh, and and I was really impressed with what Florida did and what they put together, um, given what was on the line there. And an Auburn offense that's usually pretty legit, only scored 26 points in the first half, and that's all she wrote for the Tigers in that game. But the SEC, again, at the top, gets pretty tight and convoluted. 
You know, I just talked about some of the teams, Florida, Kentucky, and A&M, all sitting at that six and four record, chasing Tennessee, Auburn, Alabama, and South Carolina, who I still am wondering if they are that good. We're going to find that out coming up here over the course of this week as they have some interesting spots coming up. They have to travel to Auburn, um, and then they get LSU and Ole Miss in back-to-back games, uh, which are are two pretty competitive and fast-paced teams. So um, the SEC, another conference that people sort of forget how good they are in college hoops. Yeah, uh, Fire Cow was trending on Twitter on, on Saturday, which is, uh, look, I mean, you know, be careful. Be, be careful what uh, what you wish for. We've got some more results here. Duke beat Boston College. Michigan State getting a win over Illinois. Uh, unranked Rutgers beats Wisconsin. Florida beats uh, Auburn. Now, let's take a look at the College Basketball National Championship odds. I mean, it feels like there's got to be a little bit of value there. No team right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook is deeper than plus 650. I know, Zeno, that every year I end up, you know, we get a little bit closer to March. We get to the conference tournaments. I log on to KenPom.com. I see that his stuff absolutely loves Houston. Every year I log on. I'm like, oh, Houston, yep. the advanced analytics darling. I just, I, And I end up betting them. Every single year, heading into the tournament, they give me a fun little run and then end up being disappointing. Uh, what do you make of this board right now? Are there any wagers that you think look strong? I mean, it's interesting that if you look at that board, and we bring the graphic back up again here, and you look at just the conferences that are there. I see a couple of Big Ten teams. I see a couple of Big 12 teams. I see a couple of SEC teams. There's only one Big East team there, and that's the favorite in UConn. And I don't think UConn is the best team in the country. Um, The Big East is as stacked as you could imagine when it comes to the top of that conference. I think there's an argument as far as making the final four, Marquette, Creighton, all legitimate options to get there. Um, And and not that I necessarily believe that they are a national title team, but Villanova now gets in a very interesting spot here with a team that's got a lot of veteran presence and plays a certain style that a lot of teams struggle with because they play so slow and they're so effective from a shooting standpoint. But they get a chance, other than playing UConn, to run the table in the East and put themselves in position um, to become a top 25 team when they get, uh, you know, when we start talking about conference championship week and, and then into the selection Sunday. I, I think the Big East is undervalued. I think there are a lot of teams there that you can look at. I think a lot of those other teams we saw, teams like Iowa State, you know, that have a lot of flaws and a lot of warts. But the Big East has a lot of complete teams. You look at Marquette. You know, this is a team that's top 10 in Ken Palm. Creighton, top 20 in Ken Palm. These are teams that are top 25, both offensive adjusted efficiency and defensive adjusted efficiency on both ends of the floor. Uh, And it's hard to find that and the depth of that in a conference. Sure, you get the Big 12 that has, you know, teams like Houston that have a lot of high watermarks, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But then you look to their offense, you go, okay, well, there's there's a gap there. Um, and, and I think that's where you look at some of those teams that I'd say, say have warts. They're just a little bit more unbalanced than some of the teams in the Big East. And when you talk about conference, uh, national championship odds, Davis, and getting to the floor, you got to find teams that do it well on both ends of the floor. Yep, which is why I know I'm already staring into the future. I, of course, will be taking this Houston ticket. Maybe I'll just take it right now to get it out of the way. The number one team in adjusted defense on Ken Pump. Interesting for me as a more casual observer to see Alabama, an SEC team not known as like a, a real powerhouse basketball school in general to be number one in adjusted efficiency on offense. You know, very excited to getting to the tournament, learning more about all of the players. I have heard it's a very weak incoming NBA draft class. So kind of always interesting how that impacts the way that I as a a big NBA fan view the tournament. And speaking of the NBA, we are going to be getting into it with coach James Young here very soon. Zeno and I are going to go ahead and run into break here real quick on the program. Some NBA conversation coming up with you. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back on the grid here in a few moments. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Hello, everyone, and welcome back here on The Early Line on SportsGrid. Davis Maddock and Mark Zinno with you. We are now going to be turning our attention to the National Basketball Association. We had some pretty awesome games over the weekend. Now, obviously, they were overshadowed by by the Super Bowl. Uh, pretty big. You know, I mean, we had some big NBA stars at the game last night. But Boston, Miami, kind of one of your classic Eastern Conference rivalries. The Heat not having the season that they necessarily thought they'd be having. Jimmy Butler has been in and out. He's on bereavement leave right now. The Celtics scraped out a win. They are 41-12, and 110-106. to 106. Tatum almost had a triple-double. Porzingis had a pretty strong game, but did come down with a lower back contusion. We'll see what ends up happening there. Obviously, these teams are about to go into the All-Star break. I mean, Zeno, is it as simple as the Heat are just thinking that they can do what they did last year? You know, look, we'll be, we'll be the seventh seed. We'll get to the play-in, and we know that Jimmy Butler is, he just historically elevates his game. And then on the converse, the Boston Celtics are like, look, we are the best team in the regular season. We've been the best team in the regular season. What more do we have to prove? Both of these teams, honestly, are really just looking towards the postseason at this point. Well, I wouldn't, if I'm Miami, I wouldn't run that philosophy back again that we can just sort of, you know, coast through the regular season as the eight or nine seed and in the play-in and, you know, uh, make a run to the finals again. That That's that's not going to happen. Um, the East is much deeper this year than it was last year. Uh, I think the teams are better, um, you know, and, and the dynamics of it, you know, again, with, with a team, let's just take a team like Indiana, you know, uh, who's been very good uh, at home this year and they have one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. Like, those are styles make fights kind of game. And if Indiana plays Miami in a series and they can get out to a lead early, Miami doesn't have the offense to keep up. Like you're going to have to figure out a way to shut down that offense of Indiana. And I, I just don't know. It's a great formula for them. Uh, a team like the Knicks, very good on the offensive and defensive end. We know the Bucks struggle defensively, but you know, uh, do you want to go punch for punch with Giannis in a seven game series? Um, and even the Cavs to a certain extent, who I think are a little bit of a, a paper tiger, so to speak, um, given, you know, their lack of depth beyond Donovan Mitchell and what else is really there. But I think the East is just a whole different world. So if I'm Miami, I'm trying to win as many games as possible and put myself in as good a position to get home court advantage. You know, that is, that is a good point. I think they would be pretty, I think they'd be pretty well served uh, to get home court advantage, but you know, just with how uh, rough, and tumble that offensive. They just don't take enough three-pointers, right? I mean, it's look, it's the modern NBA, and this is a team that still takes a lot of 18-foot jump shots. I have been, you know, personally wanting Tyler Hero to just be a little bit more, a little bit more of just a pure shooter, you know, kind of let someone else initiate a lot of the offense and finish a lot of possessions. Now, obviously, that is harder said than done when you're kind of reconfiguring your ball handling duties on the fly because Butler's in, then he's out, and your point guard changes. And it's just, it's a lot of work. Now, Spolstra, I do think, is the best coach in the NBA. So I, I think a lot of that stuff he is going to figure out. My favorite team, Oklahoma City, they played against the Sacramento Kings on the weekend. Two young, up-and-coming teams in the NBA. DeMontis Sponis, of course, used to be a, a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder, kind of two teams whose fates are interacting with one another. Oklahoma City is uh, you know, kind of sitting here atop the conference in the West in the Western Conference. They did make a trade. Uh, they added Gordon Hayward. He is going to be eligible to return. They get a 127-113 win. The Kings sit at 30 and 22. The Thunder at 36 and 17. What do you make of this incredibly young 
Thunder team, they don't really have a backup center were something to happen to Chet Holmgren in the playoff series. What do you make of a team where everyone's like 25 years old being atop the Western Conference as we head into the All-Star break? I mean, look, I think we've seen this script before. And you hit a rewind button to the Memphis Grizzlies two or three years ago with John Morant, right? Where they were the one seed. Um, they looked like they could beat anybody on any given night. Um, and they looked very energetic. And then you get to the playoffs, and guess what? You re- th- those young guys are all 25 who have never played a lot of playoff games, if any at all. You know what they realized for the first time? Oh, yeah, this is different. It's a lot different than we just did for 82 games. You mean guys are playing defense for a full 48 minutes here? Nah, get out of town. Stop it. Um, and they just get outclassed. And and that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, I'm not saying Oklahoma City is going to lose their first-round series, but go ahead and face a LeBron team in the playoffs. Go ahead and face a Steph Curry team in the playoffs. Go ahead and face a, a Denver Nuggets team that has depth, right, and shooters and plays defense. Like, you know, you kind of just go up against it and you realize that you're not as good as you thought you were. Now, again, from a betting standpoint, I hope a team like the Thunder continues to win games and continues to, you know, start to get overvalued. Because when they get into a series against one of those big teams, guess what? I can play on the other side when I'm getting the, the, the probably more experienced, deeper, better team at a, almost a discount price, right? Like, that's kind of the way I hope it goes. Um, and it's the same thing with a team like the Timberwolves, you know? These are teams that haven't won anything. And during the regular season, they have a desire to prove to everybody how good they really are. Whereas the smarter teams, and we've seen this before from LeBron, we've seen this before from the Warriors with Steph, like, you know, and the Warriors this year obviously are a different example because they're just not very good. But, you know, when you get in a postseason series with them, it's like, okay, we've done this before. We, we know how to do this. We, we know we can get through a series here and win a couple of games. Um, the real question is the Clippers, right? Like that is the team that if they get the one seed, is anybody going to beat them? Or is that a, a ticket to them to go to the finals? Because I don't – the way they've played this year and how good that they've been, that is a, a – that's still, to, to, for my money, the best team in the NBA. I think the Clippers absolutely are. So it's just a question of now proving it. And they do have that proven star in Kawhi Leonard who knows how to get through the postseason, who's done it with two different organizations and won world championships two different organizations. That puts me over the top with them. I think, uh, I mean, I think over the last... 40 games of the NBA season. I don't really think there's an argument that the Clippers have been the best team. Kawhi Leonard is at full. I mean, he's he's playing at the peak of his powers, right? I mean, I I don't really think anyone possession by possession has really been better than him. Now, obviously, I think like Jokic probably is the most valuable player in the NBA. He plays more minutes. He plays more games, all that stuff. But I I would not begrudge anyone right now if if we did a a straw poll before the start of the All-Star game if Kawhi Leonard was getting some MVP votes. Now, the Clippers, you could have gotten a pretty solid price on them after the James Harden trade when they lost seven games in a row before they reconfigured the starting lineup. Uh, You could have gotten a pretty strong price on them to win the NBA championship right now. The Celtics are favored at plus 260. The Nuggets trail right after them. Uh, I don't, I know I'm going to be alone on this. I don't hate the number for the Timberwolves at 24 to 1. They have the best defense in the NBA. And I just, I'm just waiting for Anthony Edwards to take, he's already taken a leap, but I'm waiting for him to take that next leap. And maybe, maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe the, the vibes are just too bad after this rough stretch they've been going in. Does anyone jump out to you as valuable in the futures market for the NBA right now? I mean, again, you know, I think when you get the defending champions as the non-favorite, that's always an interesting spot, right? Like, I'm with you from the standpoint that the Nuggets as a team are uh, as good and as deep as anybody out there. So there's no wrong with me playing on them. You know, again, I go back to the Clippers and wonder, hey, can they actually get over the hump? They've been in this situation before. Granted, it was with other stars, Chris Paul and other guys like that, that were not, you know, as accomplished as but. You know, the, the one-two punch and Paul George uh, on both ends of the floor, I think is is really tough to turn down at this point in time. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I like that one. I mean, ultimately, I think the story of the playoffs is going to be defined by can the Celtics just figure out their offense? You know, because that has been the thing with Boston for so long is they've got this crazy defense. They change head coaches. It doesn't matter. The defense is still insane. But somehow... Jalen Brown has still not learned 
to dribble. And Jason Tatum is not that great at initiating the offense. So kind of the whole thing comes down to Drew Holiday, who was, I think, was, uh, you, you have to say, one of the better uh, offseason acquisitions of all time. The Porzingis stuff fits like a glove. We're obviously going to keep a close eye on that. And we are going to be joined by Coach James Young here in just a few moments. Zeno and I are going to head into break. More NBA conversation here in a few moments. Don't go anywhere. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. All right, guys, welcome back to the early line here on Sports Grid. Davis Maddock with you, Mark Zeno. We are into hour two. We are talking about the NBA, and we are joined by Coach James Young here. We're going to go over some trade deadline acquisitions. Some of these guys have gotten a chance to feature for their new teams. Some are waiting to debut. And, Coach, we are going to go ahead and begin with the Philadelphia 76ers, who are Dogs tonight to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are waiting for Joel Embiid to get back. They did do something very crucial, which was they uh, they kept plenty of cap space for this upcoming offseason. They are going to be a team that can afford to bring in a maximum superstar if they find the right guy, if they find a sign-and-trade or someone becomes available. But they acquire Buddy Heald, who I honestly think was like a really strong acquisition given what they had to work with because Buddy does one things, J.Y., and that dude likes to get buckets, which is pretty important when you're on a team with Tyrese Maxey and with Joel Embiid. Yeah, Dave, it's good to be on with you. Uh, obviously, when you when you look at a guy like Buddy Hill, he, he is someone that stretches the floor. And I think that's what you need uh, now because you get more driving lanes and opportunities for Maxey and then Embiid once Embiid gets healthy. Uh, I think also, to a lesser degree, we're going to talk about uh, picking up Kyle Lowry uh, comes back home, the, the Philadelphia native, former Villanova player, comes back to uh, Philadelphia and kind of takes that backup spot for Pat Bev, which really didn't seem to work that well. So I think Philadelphia, you know, did what they had to do. Could they have done more? Maybe, you know, but the guys that gave away really don't play much. Cork Moss already got released uh, more. So, you know, there's not much there. Uh, I, I do think what's interesting to note, folks, is the fact that, uh, we do have Tobias Harris on an expiring deal. Look for Tobias Harris to be part of a signing trade, possibly in the offseason. I don't know if that allows a superstar to come in or you get that cap relief and go get someone else. But that should be the next domino to fall in the offseason, Tobias Harris. And I would dare say is maybe maybe if Tobias Harris – I'm sorry to say this. If Joel B was healthy, maybe they, don't, they trade Tobias Harris – and go more all-in for this year, Philadelphia's got to kind of play the long game a little bit, not just this year, but the next couple of years, not knowing when JoJo's going to come back. Coach, you know, it's interesting, staying in the East here, you talk about a team that's made a lot of moves at the deadline, the New York Knicks, even throughout the course of the year, prior to the deadline with the trade with Toronto, but they're sort of trying to set their roster up for a playoff run right now. What do you think of the moves that the Knicks have made so far, and how far can they take them? You know, Mark, you look at a guy like Leon Rose who doesn't even come out and talk to the media. Like, the last time he talked to the media, I think, was two years ago. And it's been so crucified 
But you got to admit, for the first time, the New York Knicks are set up for short-term and long-term success. And that's something we have not seen. Obviously, the acquisition starts with Brunson. You know, Randall's been pretty, has been pretty good uh, this year. You know, I know the odd even year thing, maybe he's bucked that trend. But to me, when they traded Barrett and quickly, Mark, you kind of saw a shifting of the off, of the guard offensively, where you took away two guys that are ISO guys, one-on-one guys, and now you space the floor with shooters, right? So you go get OJ Anobi, really good shooter, especially from the corner three, which is his hot spot, right? And then you go get uh, Preston Chua as a valuable backup big. But then you double down, you go get Bogdanovich and Burke, two other guys that are shooting the ball at 40% from three. DiVincenzo's game has stepped up, Mark. And the key thing is this. If they're healthy, I think they're the second-best team in the East. And here's the caveat, folks. The number is seven. That's the number of first-round draft picks they have at their disposal. They traded none of them. And that means, Mark, there, there is still one more fish to get. It's going to be in the offseason because if they get close, Leon Rose has the draft capital to go all in and try to bring a championship back to New York first time since 1973. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I think that uh, those two teams that we just talked about, there might be a little bit of dovetailing, Coach, because, you know, the rumor for a long time has been it's that big fella in Philadelphia that the Knicks are interested in. You know, another year of uh, MBD season getting disrupted by injury. We'll see what the 76ers are able to do with all of that cap space, but, uh, you know, seven first round picks and swaps and, you know, Jalen Brunson, we'll see. There are some interesting deals that could be worked out between the two teams. All right, let's go through these final three, PJ Washington and uh, Daniel Gafford to the Mavs, the Thunder, do a small something by adding an adult in the room and Gordon Hayward and the Bucks swap backup point guards, Patrick Beverly for campaign. Which one of these three moves are most likely to impact who wins the NBA championship this season, in your opinion? Uh, I think it's got to be Gordon Hayward. You know, when you look at a team that's so young and inexperienced in Oklahoma City, with Sam Presti with the 38 draft picks he had going into his disposal before the trade deadline, to go get an experienced guy like Gordon Hayward, and it's interesting, guys, Gordon Hayward was going to be a prime, ready, buyout candidate. So what what Oklahoma City did is is they made the trade to go get him now because probably they weren't going to get him in the buyout market, if that makes sense. He was going to go somewhere else. Rumored to be New York, maybe L.A., somewhere else. But you get an adult in the room, which really benefits him. Now, for me, I know Gafford kind of helps as a big P.J. Washington. That doesn't do it enough for me for Dallas because it still doesn't put them, to me, in the top five in the Western Conference. So I don't think that's a help. And Milwaukee, we'll see. If you look at their metrics, right, they lose Darvin Ham a couple of years ago, who's the defensive coordinator, right? You lose the best on-guard defender in Drew Holiday in the offseason. You lose Grayson Allen, an underrated defender. They were getting shredded, Davis, by high-quality scoring point guards. Look at what Brunton Halliburton has done to Milwaukee. So what do you do? You go get the biggest pest in the NBA and say, go sick him. And that's what Pat Bev is going to do. I don't think it helps enough to get them to the championship because I think the biggest problem they have is the guy that's the head coach. Let's go over to the West Conference here, Coach. When you look at – we were talking earlier about the Oklahoma City Thunder and kind of where they are. And, you know, they get an impressive win yesterday, actually a much-needed one um, in in the way that they beat up on the Kings. But, you know, what's the limit for this team right now? Are they considered somebody who you think could get past the the second round of the playoffs? I mean, I know they probably win their first-round series, depending on where they fall in the regular season. But is this a team that can win two playoff series right now? You know what? It's hard to say, Mark. I just think when you, when you get into the playoffs, everything is magnified, right? And, and, and you get the best of the best every night. And it's a seven-game series. And you got to be able to address and make changes. And Mark Dagonald, as good of a job as anybody, should be the coach of the year. Him and, him and Finch should be the leaders of the clubhouse here uh, for coach of the year. But when you look at it, where do they land? What side? Or can they stay away from the Suns? Can they stay away from the Clippers? If you can put them on the and, – and the obviously the Nuggets. It all, Mark, is going to come down to positioning of where everybody is in the Western Conference. Because to me, I've always said this as a coach, 
styles make fights and that is going to be the big key here as we come down the stretch uh you know with with, with the, the rankings and obviously you look at a team in oklahoma city third place one out of the loss column with minnesota and the clippers so to me what they need they probably need to be at home as long as possible they have 21st uh strength of schedule so they do have an easier path down the stretch than everybody ahead of them i think it's critical for them to try and get the one seed and hope that can at least take two of the three teams and the clippers and the nuggets and put them on the other side of the bracket and pray phoenix drops to six and put everybody on the other side and then they got an easier path to the western conference finals well i could not agree with you more nobody wants to play phoenix in these playoffs right i mean that's just that's just the way it is like maybe they're scuffling a little bit in the regular season all oh, grayson allen's banged up here and beal's got an ankle injury here and devin booker's got a rest here and kevin durant's having to play some center because yusuf Nurkic is not with the team like i guarantee you any team any comp right i mean you get to the final no team wants to play Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker in a playoff series. And, I mean, look, they are kind of figuring it out on defense, too, which would have been the problem with those three guys. Like, they really are getting so much better. Let's transition now to NBA MVP odds, Coach. We can go ahead and end on this. Jokic, to no one's surprise, is now minus 140 to win this award. Giannis got his coach fired. Hard to win an MVP when you get your coach fired. The Mavericks not going to win enough games. I think if the Mavericks ended up being the four seed, I'd probably vote for Luka. But let's just be real about it. Nikola Jokic is the best player in the NBA until proven otherwise. Like, you have that guy on your team, you win 50 games, it's really that simple. Yeah, I mean, it really is that simple. And I think the one thing you have to watch out for, Davis, and we've seen this in the NBA, it's called voter fatigue. And we've seen this before when you think about this. How many, we go through the history of the NBA. How many MVPs could LeBron should have won? How many Kobe should have won? How many could Shaq could have won? How many that Michael Jordan could win, could have won? There is voter fatigue. And I think that is the only thing you have to be careful about when you deal with the NBA is, is there voter fatigue in regards to who should win the MVP? When you look at the odds, and obviously you can't, you know, no Halliburton, no Embiid because they missed too many games. I'm telling you, I'm still looking at two guys. I'm looking at Brunson. If the Knicks can find a way to get the two seed, he's gone from plus two, I would think it was 20,000 to 6,000. I've seen a lower in other books. He's going to make a run if they continue to win. And Kawhi Leonard at 29 to 1. If they get the one seed and Kawhi's playing like Kawhi and he plays every game, those are two guys you can look at to possibly win the MVP. I think you're, I think you're definitely right. Like Kawhi. I, I was just telling this to Zeno, like, I would not be mad if someone voted for him. I would not vote for him right now. You know, the raw numbers are not quite there, but I don't think you could say he is undeserving. We're going to go ahead and run a break here real quick on the program. More NBA discussion when we are back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. 
All right, guys, we are back here on the early line on SportsGrid. Davis Maddock and Mark Zeno, we are joined right now by Coach James Young as we walk through the current NBA season. We've got a real marquee game tonight, about as good as it's going to get for the day after the Super Bowl. For the NBA, we have the MVP favorite and former MVP winner, Giannis Antetokounmpo, playing against each other, Nikola Jokic and Giannis, Denver and Milwaukee. Very tight spread here, as you would expect. One point either way. I wonder if we see this swing around a little bit. During the day, we have the Milwaukee Bucks, who are honestly, Coach, kind of limping in to the All-Star break. I think they're uh, they're going to make some big defensive changes if they get a week off and they have a time to think about it. They, they flip-flop their defense twice. You know, they do the real heavy, blitzing, aggressive scheme, and then like, oh, no, we need Brooke Lopez closer to the rim. We need him playing drop coverage. They can't really figure out what they want to do on defense the nuggets i mean look they are it's all about the postseason for the denver nuggets they are doing what they need to do to get there and uh you know the funniest thing about these marquee matchups for the denver nuggets is i know Jokic doesn't care like do you think Jokic feels any different in the morning waking up to play the washington wizards than he does to play the milwaukee bucks this guy he is just living his best life jy he, he really is. And I think that's what I like about the Joker is he just goes out and he just plays no matter who he goes against. I, th- I think when you look at this matchup, guys, I, I want to make sure we, we start looking at the matchup at the center position and look at Brooke Lopez tonight. Uh, you know, his points plus rebounds uh, with Fandles at 17 and a half. Uh, this could be something that I think he can get to. If you look at 17 and a half, he's gone over 13 of his last 15 games. He's going to have to score. And here's the thing. With, Joke, with, with the Joker worried about about rebounding, right, he, he tends to sit inside. So that could open up Brooke Lopez. He had 21 uh, combined points plus rebounds in the game uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I would be looking at Brooke Lopez to go over that. I would also tend to look at when you have shooting bigs versus Joker, you got to look at it. I remember when Embiid played him. And I think it was one. I was over one half made three plus money. I ran to the window because Joker's not going to come out and play him. Well, who is one of the best shooting bigs in the league? Yes, it's Brooke Lopez. Even though I think he doesn't get enough. Five threes in the last matchup. Over one and a half made threes tonight on FanDuel at minus 111. Look for Brooke Lopez to go over 16 and a half, 17 and a half points plus rebounds. But for him to get two plus threes tonight. All right, Coach, when you look at uh, uh, Giannis and, and his props for tonight, is there anything that you're interested in and, and which side you're leaning to? Well, when you look at Giannis, to me it's about he's going to have to try and, and see if he can score the ball here. And I think that's where you could probably get Giannis. Or, honestly, guys, I know this sounds crazy. Like, they're not going to play him at the three-point line, right? So Giannis to make a three tonight – uh, wait for it to come out on FanDuel. I don't think it's out yet. But if they hang it at plus money, I would go ahead and take Giannis to make a three. I, I know it sounds like nuts and crazy. He did make a three in the last matchup. If you're a guy like Aaron Gordon, what are you going to do? You're going to slough off, off of him. You're going to make him shoot the ball from the perimeter. Giannis, if it's at plus money to make a three on FanDuel, that would be something I'd look at because I think everything else Looks really, really tight. Also, with Giannis, guys, this could be a live game play, you know, because his points prop sitting at at 30 and a half. Maybe see he gets off to a slow start. Let that number drop. And everything I've talked to people about is this. When he goes to the bench, watch his points prop. It's going to be calculated by the computer. It's going to go down as he sits. As he sits, before he checks back in, Look at the number. If it's reasonable, jump in end game because then he'll pay the rest of the quarter, rest of the half, so on and so forth. I uh, that's actually such a good point and something that I don't think about enough with the in game live betting is if the numbers don't line up with just the way the guys' rotations are going. You used to see this uh, all the time with Dirk back with the Mavs. He would play these really funky rotations. He played the first four minutes of the first quarter, then he'd go sit, then he'd play the final four minutes, then he'd come back in the second quarter for two minutes, then be out for four minutes, then come in for the final six minutes just away to manage load. So I I, I like that tip. I'm gonna I'm gonna focus in on that for some of these teams over the next couple games. Let's move now to Western Conference number one seed odds. I, I I can't believe what I'm looking at. This market, 
I, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a play in this market. We'll see what JY thinks first. But we have the Clippers as favorites at plus 175. The Nuggets coming in at number two at two to one. The Timberwolves at plus 250, and the Thunder at plus 440. The Kings trailing way behind. You can get them at uh, 19 to one in this market. What are we thinking here, JY? Do you got a play? Do you think this is right? Do you think this is wrong? Is this the right order? Wrong order? What do we got here? Well, when you, when you look at it, to me, a, a good thing for folks to look at is you go to Tankathon, they do a great job when they pull up the remaining schedule, right? Who's got the strongest schedule down the stretch? So when you start looking at it, uh, you know, the Clippers have the sixth hardest schedule down the stretch. You start going down. Minnesota's at 18th, right? You look at Denver. They're at 20th. Here's what I'm going to say to folks. When you look at this, who does it mean the most to to have the one seed? I think that is the critical thing to look at. To me, younger teams need to go for it more. Now, here is the caveat that people need to think about. And it happens, guys. You know and I know, and I'm going to say it. Teams will do some funky stuff down the stretch to avoid other teams in the playoffs. So start thinking about as the season comes down to the wire, who's in that one side, who's in the other side. It's kind of like what we talked about before, right? Minnesota's got the best record. Now you have, you know, Minnesota's one, you know, the Clippers tied with them. Uh, then you have Oklahoma City, Denver, Phoenix, New Orleans, right? So now start looking at like, all right, well, how does this line up? If Minnesota's the one, they get to stay away from Denver. Do they want to play Denver? Hell no, they don't want to play Denver. Denver will crush them because the Joker owns Rudy Gobert. So start looking at matchups right down the stretch by a tricky schedule, but also look at how teams are slotted to be, how it benefits them in the playoffs, guys, because I know it as a coach. You, you watch this stuff. It is a thing. Some teams match up better than others. Yeah, you know how you fix that, Coach, by the way, just reseed like every other uh, sport does. The highest seed always plays the lowest seed, and that solves that whole problem. You can't avoid anybody. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. we could have that conversation at a different point in time. But you do get a big matchup tonight between one and two in the West, or at least record-wise in Minnesota and the Clippers, with the Clippers laying four and a half here, a number that opened at three and a half now has ticked up a little bit here. Um, is there a side, uh, you know, total 223, 224 side or total you like in this game? How do you break? Very simply, guys, I'm looking at this. Right now, if you ask me who's coming out of the West, I'm, I'm telling you it's the Clippers. I, I think they are so connected right now because the most important thing to me is, is the play of Kawhi. If everybody's in the Clippers, I can't go away from them because you have seen, you know, Minnesota struggle a little bit in these last 10 or so games. They've had some rough losses. They're going to a Clippers team that I think is the best right now. I like the Clippers minus the points. I think they get the win because of the play of their superstars. And I've just seen a couple of slip-ups that I have not been crazy about with uh, the Timberwolves. And some of them, I know they had the win against Milwaukee, but I can't count Milwaukee. I, I don't think there's going to many things. But they lose at Chicago. You know, they lost that tight game at San Antonio. They've had some rough stretches here. I like the Clippers minus the points at home. I don't uh, – I, look, I don't hate that one at all. The, Cl- the Clippers, man. I, I cannot believe how seamless this James Harden thing is working. Now, I don't know if I agree that they're coming out of the Western Conference because I'm intimately familiar with the work that James Harden does in the NBA playoffs. And, uh, look, there's a lot of, a lot of cold shoot. Now, obviously, it's a little bit different when your teammate is Kawhi Leonard, one of the coldest playoff performers of all time versus some of the other guys that Harden has been in the playoffs with, you know, the 76ers never have been a team that has rise to the occasion in the playoffs. The Nets never a team that rise to the occasion in the playoffs and those Rockets teams, some of the most famous chokes in the sports. So we'll see. It's a little bit different there. Let's go over to the Eastern conference odds. Now this is what I want to close us out with. We just did the Western conference, by the way, the number that you were supposed to take there. The Thunder, baby. The Thunder are not the fourth best team in the Western Conference. And uh, they're a team that really wants the one seed, I think, as evidenced by their young team. They need the easiest road possible. Eastern Conference is a little bit more interesting, JY, because the Celtics and the Bucks, they're teams that have been there and done that. The regular season is going to be a little bit less important to them. They think that they can beat anybody 
in the playoffs. You know the team that getting the one seed would mean the most to, the team that wants it the most? And by the way, the team that will run their starters into absolute dust in the regular season because of Tom Thibodeau's offensive philosophy, it is your New York Knickerbockers. If I was going to make a wager in this market, it would be your Knicks, I think. Well, I think Tom will run him into the ground is right, but I think Mark made a good point during the break. They're just not healthy. Like, they don't have OG for three weeks. We don't know when Randall's going to get back. They make it, you know, uh, you know, Mitchell Robinson back at some point, but he's going to have rust. So I, I don't I don't like them in regards to winning the division. I, I do like them as a chance to come out of the East because of what they're going to be able to do. Defend the ball, elite guard playmaking, and shooting and depth you could argue folks i you may think this is not biased the knicks don't have the best player in in any series versus any teams but the knicks have the most depth and that is going to be important come playoff time the knicks are six and a half one to come out of the east i think this is something that you could take now if they get to the western and eastern conference finals and they get up a game or so then you may be able to have a cash out option I think the Knicks are the second-best team in the East, and you know it, Boston, with the inexperience of Missoula, right? I know he's got Charles Lee and Sam Cassell on his bench, which is going to benefit him. But you guys and I know, come playoff time, that Jalen Brown not being able to go left becomes a thing. Ethan Tatum is going to give you a stinker or two. Father time may catch up with Al Horford at some point, and you never know with the injury history of Chris Stapp's Porzingis. I think the Knicks are solidly the second-best team in the East. And I will say this caveat. If you think Joel Embiid is coming back, at 20-1, to you got to take a chance. Like, like 20-1, to you got to take a chance that if he comes back, because I'll say this, before he got hurt, I thought the 76ers were coming out of the East. Because of, ready? Harden's gone. Joel's playing great. Maxie's stepped up. And Nick Nurse is like a Ferrari compared to a Yugo of Doc Rivers. So if you put those things together, you think Joel Embiid's coming back? 20-1 to 1, Philadelphia sleeper play to come out of the Eastern Conference. I don't. I don't uh, hate it. Uh, I actually did a little bit of uh, in-depth research on this uh, this procedure that Joel Embiid has had. It's kind of like mixed results how guys come back from it. Like you have to be non-weight bearing for a little while, so his conditioning might not be you know ten out of ten when he gets back. But there's been plenty of guys in NBA history, like last ten years or so, who actually have come back and played in season with this same meniscus procedure that Joel Embiid has had. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. But I do think Coach JY's point, which is Maxi and Embiid, it's a pretty tough combo for any of those Eastern Conference teams to hang with. JY, thank you for hanging out with Zeno and I here. We are going to go ahead and run into break. We got more early line coming up for you next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. 
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Um. Hello, everyone, and welcome back from break here on The Early Line on SportsGrid. Davis Maddock and Mark Zeno with you guys here. We are going to do a little bit of fade the public. Our question for the public today is, will Patrick Mahomes go down as the GOAT? We got 55% on yes, 45% on no. Before I give my take, Zeno, I will, I will turn it over to you for your answer. No, he won't be. I just... I am so over the reaction that we give in society today to everything and the overreaction that we give. Like, can we stop for a second? He's had a ton of success. He's the best quarterback in the league. I'm not denying any of that. But for crying out loud, you know, like, you can't just assume that he's going to be this good the rest of his career. You can't just assume that he's going to stay healthy for the rest of his career. You can't just assume all these things. Like, stop trying to crown people before they actually get there. It's a long way away from winning three more Super Bowls. And guess what? It's really, really hard. And guess what? The Chiefs aren't always going to be constructed this way. And guess what? At some point, Travis Kelsey is going to walk away. At some point, Andy Reid's going to walk away. Guess what? Like, all these things are going to change. Okay? So, before we start having this ridiculous conversation, why don't we just pump the brakes a little bit? He's really good. He's very good. He'll go down as a top 15 quarterback in NFL history right now if he retired. You know, there's an argument that he's a top 15 quarterback in NFL history. That's fine. You might even be able to say top 10. That's fine. But can we stop with all the other stuff? Because we're just getting way out in front at this point in time. And if I, maybe it's just my Chiefs nausea, Davis, where I am. Like, I've, I've, you know, at this point in time, I, I, there's a lot of things I'd rather see than the Chiefs win another football game. Like, honestly, like I'd rather watch the president try to name 20 world leaders who are currently alive and in the position of a world leader than watch the Chiefs win another football game, because I think the first one is a little bit more entertaining to me. So uh, I'm at this point right now where I've just kind of had enough of Kansas City. Mahomes is second all time in playoff wins amongst quarterbacks at at 28 years old. He's not the GOAT yet. He's the best to ever play, but he's not Match Brady's accomplishments as of yet. We'll be doing more NFL chatter when we get back from break. Don't go anywhere. Hang out with Zeno and I for the last hour. Be back in a few seconds. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.